Welcome to the Trinity Western University Chapel podcast. It is our prayer that these chapel talks would bless your heart and they would draw you closer to our Lord. We offer them to the glory of God and for the good of the world. Thank you so much, Ed. As usual, I wish to thank Ed for giving me the pulpit this morning that I may address you, my brothers and sisters, most briefly in the time allotted to me. But before that, I pray the prayer that was made apparent to Samuel as a child when he heard the voice of God first, speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. And I pray that we have the ears to listen to these wonderful words. I bring you greetings from our sister campus at Richmond, the city of 700 restaurants where Temperance is as much a necessity as it is a virtue. It's a place where you can easily get lost in the cuisines that are on offer everywhere. And I, I, I have to tell you, even at the food courts just close to um, the campus, I spent the first month of my time in Richmond sampling the delights. And not, not all that was on display was as delightful as it seemed. So I guess that is probably a starting point for us. There is an African proverb that says, avoid eating fruit that appears sweet. Avoid eating fruit that appears sweet. And to me, I'll take it one step further by adding, remember the snake in the garden. And that might invoke perhaps familiar tales of the Garden of Eden, and I will just briefly read the book of Genesis chapter 3 verses 1 to 8 before I then explain further. Now the serpent was more crafty than any wild animal the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. You will will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing good from evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some of it and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. And then the eyes of both of them were opened and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Long and short of it is, they'd seen that the fruit was attractive. It looked good. It was desirable. It was wonderful. And they'd fallen for the oldest trick in the book, the trick that the snake oil salesman would have used a hundred years ago. They had fallen for the disingenuity of the seducer 
who was more crafty than others. They had fallen for the rhetoric of the liar. They tasted of the forbidden fruit. Do you notice a few things from the passage I just read? But the most important of them was the focus on self. And in verse 4, you see the focus on self. You will, your eyes will be opened. You will be like God. The beginning of rebellion is a desire to be something which you're not, right? And if you notice the woman, and let's not say the woman alone because her husband was beside her, both of them were lured by things which applied to self. And both of them listened to the appeal to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life. And as we start this year looking at wisdom for living, one of the things I would encourage us to consider in our daily lives is, am I eating a fruit that I'm not supposed to eat? You see, the fruit appeared bright. But did you notice that they'd lived in the garden for so long that they never considered it the way they did after the seducer introduced them to the concept of what the fruit stood for? And so I look at all of us in the society that gives us so much choice. And I'm reminded that not all that glitters is gold. And not all that appears right is actually right by God. For Eve, the fruit was good for food. So it solved a short-term imperative, the imperative of a hunger for something. Perhaps something that she, she'd been eating fruits all along, so it couldn't have been a normal biological hunger. There must have been a curiosity behind it. It was pleasing to the eyes, so it appeared sweet. Or it appeared to the eyes and to the flesh to be the solution to a problem, which was the hunger that she felt. So you're looking at the birth of materialism, right? Appeal to the senses, but not to the soul. And it also was desirable to gain wisdom. A wisdom and a sense of independence from the will and leading of God who had been directing them thus far. So they wanted to be like God. They wanted to know what God knew. They carried themselves and thought to themselves, you know what? If I can just eat of this fruit, I will attain something which naturally God did not desire for me. For God had warned them, in the day you eat of this fruit, you will surely die. So there was a pride of life. And it reminds me of the word of Paul in Romans chapter 1, verse 23, when he says, professing to be wise, they became as fools. They became simple. And the Hebrew for that form of simplicity is evil, not evil, but evil. You become potty in the hands of, a de, of a de, another designer and you become a sucker 
to a deceiver. And so when we're looking at such fruits in the modern contexts, we no longer have a garden because God took that garden away. But there are certain fruits that appear to be good, tasty, pleasant. We could have some of this. The deception of ambition, the deception of earthly wisdom, wanting to be wise in the things of the world, the deception of the doctrine of demons, which Paul spoke about in his letter to Timothy, the first letter to Timothy, chapter 4, verse 1. That in the latter days, people shall give heed to seducing spirits and the doctrine of demons. We look at the deception of science, falsely so-called. Once again, a warning that Paul gave to Timothy in the sixth chapter of the same letter, verse 20. And lastly, we look at the deception of so-called godliness, godly friends, persons who you go to church with, persons whom you worship with, but who you notice have the knack of draining your spiritual strength. Those who go into the church with you, like Doeg was with David, but who also, at the back of it all, have a knife close to your back, ready to stab. Those who lead you in a way which you do not normally want to go, but which appears, just like Eve saw, attractive. I had a friend like that when I was young, who was such a handsome boy, so I always followed him so I could get the girls. Yeah. He called me his wingman. Until, until I realized we were flying into a storm. But a storm where we would never be able to come out of. A storm of iniquity. You see, it's quite easy to get seduced by things which appear better than you. Right? After all, a serpent that speaks, wow. That's something you don't see in nature. But you see... God is so good in that his word contains the totality of wisdom. And when you see such things come by, I encourage you to apply godly wisdom. Now, this isn't the type of wisdom that you get from books, even though we're in an institution of higher learning. I'm conscious of time. And I read the book of Job, in the 28th chapter, starting from the 20th verse that says, Where then does wisdom come from? Where does understanding dwell? It is hidden from the eyes of every living thing, concealed even from the birds in the sky. Destruction and death say only a rumor of it has reached our ears. God understands the way to it, and he alone knows where it dwells. For he views the ends of the earth and sees everything under the heavens. When he established the force of the wind and measured out the waters, when he made a decree for the rain and a path for the thunderstorm, then he looked at wisdom and appraised it. He confirmed it and tested it. And he said to the human race, The fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. 
and to shun evil is understanding. And so for us, I guess that is a lesson in these days. Wisdom for living. Fear God. Shun evil. Do not eat of the fruit of deception. Live your life for Christ. Avoid all these things that seem so attractive to young people. And remember your Creator in the days of your youth. And I pray for us in closing that God Almighty will give us that grace to always do what is right, to think what is right, to act right, and to fear Him more than all. And as has been said, to love Him with all our hearts, with all our souls, with all our minds, and with all our strength. And I ask this in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you.